Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. It's been 12 years since the Arab Spring erupted in North Africa and spread to West Asia, and the current state of the Middle East could have you thinking that no such mass uprising took place that was on the cusp of an anti-capitalist revolution. Though many have engaged in deep analysis of how the Arab Spring was betrayed, how the United States and CIA intervened to hijack the revolution and so on, on today's program I want to broadcast a speech of one of my favourite writers and activists, Noel El Sardawi, who died in March 2021. On today's program, I'll broadcast a speech by Noel El Sardawi, delivered in Germany almost 10 years ago today, two years after the start of the Egyptian uprisings and the overthrow of Hosni Mubarak. This speech is about feminism and the intersections of economics, poverty and the revolution, and how to understand what, at that time, was the takeover by the Egyptian Brotherhood. I am happy to be here in Germany coming from Egypt and to dis- discuss women, revolution, politics. And what I would like to say that there is a lot of misunderstanding between our language and your language. So we need to decolonize the language. My mother tongue is Arabic. Not English, not German. So, and in the best translation, you lose 30% of the meaning. Mm-hmm. So now I am speaking in a foreign tongue. I'm trying to, and I just came from Cairo, from the revolution. People are dying every day in Egypt. Men and women, there is a lot of blood. Why we are talking here people are bleeding under the bullets of the Muslim brothers and of the United States and colonialism. That's why I cannot speak about women liberation apart from liberation of colonialism, American colonialism, European colonialism, and all types of oppression. And I am amazed that people discuss women liberation separate. Separate. They speak about backlash against women by Islam. And they say, well, women in Egypt now, or in Afghanistan, or in Pakistan, or in Iran, they are suffering from Islamization and from the Islamic revolution. But why? Nobody asked why we have this Islamic revolutions. You know that the United States paid billions of dollars to the Egyptian army since Mubarak. And now they pay the Muslim brothers to give power to the Muslim, to the Islamic groups. How can I, and then I am oppressed by the Islamic groups. So how can I speak about my liberation without connecting these colonial powers, military colonial powers in the United States, in Europe, to to the revolution in Egypt? 
So if we disconnect, we don't understand. I teach creativity and dissidence and, and revolution. There is a relationship between creativity and revolution. In order to be creative, you have to be revolutionary. You have to be against the system. And the system is not only political, it's not only religious. Because when you speak about religion, I am supposed to come and speak about religion and culture and politics. And they are one. And everything is political. Because it deals with power. This water is political. Because you have money. There are millions of people in Egypt who do not, do not have clear water. And in many countries. So this is money. This is politics. And religion is a political ideology. What is religion? You know, I spent years of my life studying the origin of religions. You know, in ancient Egypt, we had the female goddess. Where is the female goddess now? Why the female goddess disappeared in history? And we have the male sky god only that came in Judaism. And then Christianity inherited the male sky god, and then Islam inherited that. Unless we connect religion to history, to politics, to economics, to medicine, to culture, we cannot understand. And unless we connect the external power, colonial power, with the local power, the global and the local. And that's why we have only one word now, global. <laughs> means global and local. They are inseparable. Thousands of men and women were killed in Egypt since the revolution two years ago, under Mubarak and under Morsi. And Morsi is the same as Mubarak. And young people, my grandchildren, my children, are killed in Egypt. Why? <coughs> it is not just Islam. It is how Islam is used by the colonial powers to divide us and to colonize us more and more. <coughs> That's the point. Unless we really decolonize the world. Because in Europe, many people think that you know, the problem of women in the so-called Middle East is Islam, which is not true at all. My father graduated from Al-Azhar. He was an Islamic scholar. He never veiled me. I went to the medical college, men and women, and I did whatever I like. So it depends how you look to the religion. I met many Christian people who are much more conservative than me. I met many Jewish men and women more conservative than me. So it depends how you look to religion, how you look to politics, how you look to the world, how to look to medicine. I'm supposed to be a medical doctor, to be in my clinic, not to be here, speaking of politics and religion. And, but you cannot be a good doctor without understanding economics, to know why people become sick. 
people become sick because they are poor. Very simple. You cannot be a good musician without understanding economics. So that's why I'm here. I am here to say that we need to fight together. We live in one world, not three or four. When you say, I came from the third world, this is an insult to me. Because I'm not third world. When you say, I came from the Middle East, it's an insult to me. Because I say, Middle to who? <laughs> we were named Middle East by the British colonizers. When I go to London now, I say, I'm going to, going to the Middle West. <laughs> so people laugh. Because it's ridiculous when you are named by your colonizers. <coughs> so we need, we need too many things. We need to use our mind. We need to use our creative mind. When we speak about religion, or culture, or politics. I want to concentrate on this word religion. Because everybody is speaking now in a religious language. Fundamentalism, religious fundamentalism, is a global problem. When I, I lived in the States, I was teaching in the US. They have Christian fundamentalist movement in the United States. And Obama cannot win the election without the votes of the Jewish and Christian groups that are very backward in the United States. So it's a global phenomenon. I am very much against uh, the religious state, whether Islamic in Saudi Arabia or Egypt or anything, or Jewish in Israel, or Christian in the United States or in Europe. We should get rid of religion in politics. Religion is a very private matter. And even it is not private. Because we teach our children our religion. <clears throat> I became a Muslim because my father was a Muslim. If my father was a Christian, I would be a Christian. And then we kill each other because we have different religions. This is ridiculous. <clears throat> Nobody studied. If I ask this room, who studied your religion? Nobody. I studied medicine, not religion. But then, I spent 10 years of my life studying religions and comparing Islam to Christianity, to Judaism, to Buddhism, to Hinduism, because I was oppressed by religion, so I had to understand. But nobody studied religion. If you study religion, you discover that religion is a political ideology. Religion has nothing to do with morality. So we have to look to religion in a deeper way. It is politics. I compare the Quran to the, Bi to the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, the three books. I spent 10 years comparing them. They are similar, very similar in double morality. Morality for men and morality for women. Very similar in racism, that you kill the other. You kill the other who does not believe in your God. What's that? What's that? So we need really, if we are caring about the blood that is split everywhere because of religion, 
It is politics, it's economics, it's money. But they use religion because religion is a political ideology. <coughs> and when we say the future, the world will be better if there is no religion, they will attack us and they say, you are an atheist. Um, I would like to say something about identity. Because this is part of the postmodern, I call it garbage, you know, <laughs> identity. Everywhere I go, they tell me, who are you? Are you Muslim? Are you Egyptian? Are you Arab? Etc. Are you Middle Eastern? And all this is So we need to revise this identity. It, it, it can be very divided. It divides us. In this hall, What's our identity? You know, I am a, I can, my identity is what I do. I don't inherit my identity. It's not the biological identity that I inherited Islam from my father or I inherited the being Egyptian nationality or anything. My identity is a freedom fighter. When they ask me, what's your identity? I say, I am a freedom fighter. That's my idea. So we, need, we need to change all those conceptions that we read in books. You can read many things in books, but we need to think, to be creative, to criticize professors and philosophers, because many philosophers were religious and were very narrow-minded. Even Aristotle, you know, Aristotle, he, you know, they, the philosophy developed with humanity. Now we have a better philosophy. But philosophers, traditional philosophers, are very backward. So we have to use, and also doctors and physicians. I was very critical of, uh, of my medical education because we inherited our medical education from the British. And can you imagine that in all my years of studying medicine from Cunningham and anatomy and all that, we didn't understand women. Women, for, I, for instance, the most important sexual organ in the woman body, we didn't study as doctors because of patriarchy. Mm -hmm. So even science, science is full of lies. It's not only religion or politics. So we have to use our creativity and use our mind to criticize what we study, whether science or religion or politics, and to connect. Creativity is based on connection, the ability to connect between all domains in life body and mind and spirit. I am sitting here in front of you with my body, my mind, my spirit, my childhood, my history, my pains, my suffering, my joy. I am sitting here with all my life. So if we split between the physical and the spiritual, this is at the core of women oppression. 
And that's the problem of religion. Religion, because religion is based on separation between the body and the spirit. God is the spirit and the mind, and man is the spirit and the mind, and women are that. So, and I am amazed when I travel to Europe or to the US, and then I find women, feminist women, who tell me we are very spiritual. So I tell them, what do you mean by very spiritual? Because the word spiritual is self against you. It means that you split between your mind and your spirit and your body. And I am a psychiatrist, but I studied medicine. I studied surgery, anatomy. I studied the physical diseases in order to understand the psychology. We call it psychosomatic diseases. It means diseases of the body and of the mind and of the spirit. So I would like to, to discuss Uh, some point about monotheism and polytheism. In ancient Egypt, we had polytheism. We had female and male goddesses. And in ancient Egypt, it was more democratic than now. <laughs> because when you have, when you divide the power at heaven between many gods and goddesses, there is democracy. <laughs> and usually uh, people on earth, they imitate their god. So when the god is a dictator, then the ruler is a dictator. So we have to think creatively about monotheism. You know, was monotheism a step forward or a step backward from polytheism? And the word democracy, what do we mean by democracy? We are killed by democracy. What the word development? You know, the word development now means neo-colonialism. I work with the United Nations, and many of the projects, the so-called de development projects in Africa and in Asia and in Latin America under the UN, the result was negative, more poverty for the poor and more rich for the rich. So that the world development itself needs criticism, revision, the same as democracy. Democracy has no meaning in Egypt now. We are boycotting the elections. Now, I am writing an article, it came today, I write every week in Al-Masrin law against the elections. Because democracy is not elections. You can oppress people by elections. And many things, many things in our world, in, our, in this big jungle, that we need to use our creativity and criticize bravely, because it needs courage. It needs a lot of courage to speak your mind. And people will hate you. Everybody hate me, <laughs> you know, because I speak like that. You know, I'm censored, I am censored in the U.S. also, because they don't like that. They like feminists who separate between sexual oppression and economic oppression. They like women very much 
who speak about genital mutilation. <laughs> they love them. They love women who speak about genital mutilation of women split from colonialism. And I will say a joke. <laughs> Usually, when they ask me to speak about uh, female genital mutilation in Egypt, <coughs> so I tell them there is a relationship between female genital mutilation in Egypt and George <coughs> Bush. <laughs> Why? Why? What's the relationship between American policy in Egypt and the increasing incidence? of veiling of women and female genital mutilation. There is a relationship. And this connection is important no. so that we understand the dynamics, what's happening in the world to women. Because women issues are not just women issues. It's political, economic, social, historical, medical. It's everything. Uh, well, maybe somebody will tell me what is the connection between American policy in Egypt and increasing veiling and cutting the clitoris of women. Maybe I think many of you in the hall know the answer, but I can answer. Would you like me to answer? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, this will go back about how Islam was used in the Afghan war. Its history, the, the conflict between the Soviet <coughs> Union and the US, we paid the price for it. Small countries, poor countries in Africa and in Asia and in Latin America paid the price, men and women, because of the conflict of the big powers. So when there was a conflict between the Soviet Union and the US, and there was a war in Afghanistan, what happened? The United States gave a lot of money to young men from Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Osama bin Laden. They made collaboration. That's why I say, Osama bin Laden and George Bush are twins. They are twins because they work together. So the United States used the Osama bin Laden men from Saudi Arabia, Islamic uh, men, young men who don't understand and who think that communism and is, that Islam is against communism. And communism means that you are not religious. That's all very narrow-minded. And they were motivated and giving money to go and fight the Soviet Union in Afghanistan. And this created this increasing of Islamization of everything. I used to go to the United States, and there were books about Islam, books published about Islam. Islam came to the front to encourage Muslim young people to go and fight the Soviet Union in the Afghan war. 
And when the Soviet Union was dismissed from Afghanistan, the United Nations didn't need the Osama bin Laden people. They don't need them anymore. So Osama bin Laden turned against the, the U.S. and that's the conflict. The, the son killed the father. The same as happened in Egypt under Sadat. When Sadat came to power during the 70s, he worked with the United States. We became an American colony since Sadat. And Sadat opened the door, uh, his policy was called open door policy, opened the door for two things, the doors of Egypt, for the American goods economy and for the Islamization of Egypt. Two things, American goods, Americanization of Egypt economically and Islamization of Egypt culturally. You see how culture and politics and economy work together against us, against women and the people. And that's why we had increasing bailing of women. When I was a student in the medical college during the 50s, there was not a single girl student who was bailed. Not a single one during the 50s. Under Sadat, during the 70s, 50% of the medical students were bailed. <coughs> so you see how Islamization going with Americanization, how colonialism is using religion, and women suffer. Who suffer most? Women and the poor. The most vulnerable. Women and the poor. So the incidence of veiling of women and uh, uh, female genital mutilation increased because of the American policy the Sadat policy, and it went on like that till today. The backlash now, why the U.S. is paying billions of dollars to the Muslim brothers who govern <coughs> Egypt now. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> that was Noel al-Sadawi speaking in Germany in 2013, two years after the Arab Spring. And that's all we've got time for on today's program. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kanjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.